Mark Talk Assemble. That's right. It's time for another episode of Mark Talk. Welcome. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining me in the discussion. And by discussion, I mean you're just listening to me ramble about the nerdy shit that I enjoy. But I enjoy that you listen to it and hopefully enjoy what I have to say. If not, that's cool too. All that matters is you're listening and maybe you have controversial opinions, uh, meaning that uh, they differ from mine. And you know what? That's fine. That's something I've had to learn over the years. It's okay for people to disagree with you. It's okay for people to have a different opinion about things. Because guess what? I have different opinions about things. Matter of fact, there are a lot of things that... uh, Uh, people seem to be on board with that I am not on board with. So, you know, it's, it's fine. It's, it's okay. I'm learning that it's going to be okay. I hope you're okay. I hope everything is great. Things have been, uh, the, the busy times are, uh, slowing down. It was a busy weekend though, but now it's time to get into what you came to hear about. And I'm sure I I mean, I I don't even have to uh, put a caveat on it. It's spoilers ahead for the discussion we are about to have. But I really don't think I need to tell you that because I don't think it matters because Avengers Endgame has dropped. It has premiered. It has been out now for uh for a week exactly a week a week and some change and i gotta tell you something i have already seen this movie four times four times the last time i saw it was in an imax screening and let me tell you something they filmed this movie in i'm with imax cameras for a reason so if you have the means and uh you can you can make it happen do yourself a service and go see Avengers Endgame in the IMAX screens because to say that this movie was extraordinary is one thing. To say that it was extraordinary on an IMAX screen, I mean, that, that goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway. There it is. It was amazing. I loved this movie. I loved every second, every frame. I loved this movie. And they had a pretty daunting task over at Marvel with this film. And the daunting task is this. How do we follow up on such a grand, extravagant, uh, you know, high, high, just this, this grand, grand fantastic, see, I'm so excited about it, I can't even speak. But just... On such a grand scale, like how do we follow up with what we did in Infinity War? If you've been listening to me, you know how much I enjoy that movie. As a matter of fact, I enjoy that movie more and more every time I watch it. Thank you, Netflix, for making that uh, so convenient since this past Christmas. It's still on Netflix if you haven't seen Infinity War, but I imagine that if you're listening to this and you're listening to what I'm about to say about Endgame, you've most definitely seen it. Not only that, you've seen the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe because, to be quite frank, if you don't or if you haven't, a lot of this movie's not going to make sense to you. Now, I know there's kind of some, uh, I don't know if it's a hipster thing or if it's just, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I know there's a sudden trend in people going, eh, the movie was just meh, just meh. It doesn't work on its own. And it was all pandering. It was all fan service. It was just meh. And like I said, it's okay to have a different opinion. But to those people, I gotta say, come the hell on. Was the movie pandering? Yes. Was the movie all fan service? Yeah, it was. And guess what? That was by design. Because this movie, along with Infinity War, 
are the two movies that close out what we've already established in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is a grand story, and these two are our finales. You damn right it was fan servicing. It was pandering. Yeah, it was pandering to the fans. You know, the people that have stuck it out this long watching these series of films. It all led up to these last movies. Better yet, it all led up to this particular movie, The End Game. I, I just, I don't understand. I, I guess it's just a trendy thing now. If something's wildly popular. Now, sometimes I get it, depending on what it is. There are a lot of, uh, you know, popular musical artists that people seem to absolutely love that I can't stand. But that's my, for my own personal reasons, and I have them. But with films like these, it just seems like people are just going out of their way to, uh, to downplay the, the, the extraordinary feats that they accomplished just to be trendy, just to, just to be the, uh, just to stir the pot, you know? And as someone who knows a little something about stirring the pot, I see what you're doing and I don't appreciate it. And you need to go off and well, ah, explicit obscenity here, obscenity there. Yeah. I'm just, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to give you the satisfaction. And you know what? It doesn't matter. No matter what these people say, it's not going to deter me from my enjoyment of these movies and this film, because this film was, as I said, extraordinary. I mean, just the simple feat of pulling this thing off, just that this movie exists, just that everything that they do, I mentioned pandering, and fan servicing. Yeah, it's all there and it works. It's hard making a movie. I've never even tried, but I've dabbled in, you know, the behind the scenes stuff about uh, what it what it takes to make movie. I follow movie news, I follow uh, uh, people's stories. And it's hard just to make a movie, just a simple movie. By simple, I mean, you know, just something uh, something with a three-act structure, a beginning, middle, end. Just telling a story is hard. So then you're going to tell a story on this level where you're going to basically have every single Marvel hero in the MCU that has ever been, is has ever was, and you're going to throw them in this movie? Not only that, you're going to throw them in the movie and give them, like, give everyone a moment to shine. That's hard to do. What an achievement. God bless Anthony and Joe Russo, the directors, and uh, 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 Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely, the the writers. This is the dream team. This is the dream team that brought us Captain America the Winter Soldier, Captain America Civil War, Avengers Infinity War, and Avengers Endgame. I mean, you could argue those are the four best movies in the MCU. You could argue that. I wouldn't say they're my top four favorites, but, uh, well, no, one of them is my favorite in the MCU right now, so, so I'll give them that. But let's get into this, man. I mean, just I don't have to warn you about spoilers. You you should know that going in because this movie has has made over a billion dollars. Not only that, this movie made 1.2 or 3 billion with a B billion dollars in 3 days. Suck it, Titanic. That's right. And they're coming after you next, Avatar. I don't know if it's going to reach there because that movie made an obscene amount of money and personally, I don't get it. See, there you go. There's there's an opposing opinion. Evidently, everyone liked Avatar. I, for one, did not. But whatever, it's fine. He's going to make sequels. I don't know that people care, but it's going to happen. But man, it is making all the money. 
And you know you're doing something right at Marvel when your last uh, four films, the last four films in the MCU has grossed over a billion dollars by themselves. Good God. All the money in the world. You say what you will about Disney, but they just... They're doing it right by owning all this IP. So here's a spoiler for you. Those that were affected by the snap in Infinity War, they come back. And we could only speculate that that was going to happen because, you know, well, reasons... And you know these actors, uh, you know, have, some of them have signed on for more movies. And you know, how could that be if they weren't going to do more movies? Yeah, I know. But it was the how. That was the adventure. That's the journey. That's what I was excited to see. We know, or at least we can speculate, that our favorite heroes that we lost are coming back. But it's the how. And I speculated that this movie's probably going to have some time travel elements to it. And boy, did it. Not only that, it was a time travel story that went out of its way to basically <laughs> tell you how much uh, uh, time travel based on your, uh, your favorite time travel movies is all bullshit. There's literally a line that Ant-Man says where he goes... So you're telling me Back to the Future is all bullshit? And yeah, based on the rules they set up in this movie, makes sense. And on a side note, I recently rewatched Back to the Future, and yeah, you know, there are some things that you know don't don't quite hold up. The the, the math, the science doesn't quite hold up. And then you have to remember, oh right, we're watching a freaking movie. It's okay. It's not supposed to be factual. It's supposed to be fun. And that movie's fun. So that's not going to deter my love for it. Now, you wouldn't think Endgame dealing with such a heavy subject matter would be fun. Because, quite frankly, this movie is about loss. And how do we move on? How do we go forward when we feel such tremendous loss? When we feel like... We have done nothing but fail. Or maybe it's not even that. Maybe it's what do we do when we fail once, but it's such a massive fail? How do we recover from that? It kind of speaks a lot about uh, the status of people uh, you know, with mental illness. And I don't want to get on that diatribe, you know, but I, I certainly could. But, you know, people, uh, speaking of as, as someone who, who deals with that himself, sometimes when I get hit hard with, with something, even if it's menial, I take it hard. And I have to push myself out of it because, you know, otherwise, otherwise, why bother? Why bother living? Steve's got a great line he, where he's uh, leading a support group for people that f- are finding it really, really difficult to move on after the loss of so many people, of, of their loved ones. And he says, you got to move on because the world is, is in our hands now. Otherwise, Thanos should have just wiped us all out. And it's funny He's saying that to these people, and he's saying it with such confidence. But then later he comes back and he even he, he reflects on it, and, he, and he's talking to Black Widow, and he says, you know, I, I keep telling people they need to move on, and some do, but not us. See, because even he can't move on. Even Steve Rogers, Captain America, uh, uh, Mr. Charisma and uh, uh, Captain Optimism. He can't do it. He's been trying for five years. 
because we pick up an endgame right where we left off in Infinity War. The snap has happened. The heroes are, uh, uh, most of them are back on Earth. They went back to the Avengers compound and they're regrouping. They're trying to figure out what to do next. They don't know. And suddenly, a spaceship arrives. It's a dead spaceship, but it's still moving because Captain Marvel has brought it to Earth. She found it floating, drifting off into space. And who's on that spaceship? Well, it's Nebula and our favorite Iron Man, Tony Stark. And Tony, I mean, he he looks rough. Drifting off in space for, I think he, a couple of weeks, actually. 22 days, I think he said. You can tell he's like food ran out, so he's malnourished. He looks really thin and sickly. You know, he can barely keep his eyes open when he's uh, basically uh, leaving a message for Pepper if it ever gets to her. Basically, his his goodbye note, because he doesn't think he's getting out of there, but he is because Captain Marvel finds him in her space travels, and she brings him home. So now we got uh, some extra help. And luckily, the energy left behind from the, from Thanos using the stones has a signature. And that energy signature was tracked by Rocket. And Rocket found another trace of that energy signature on a far distant planet. And that's where Thanos is. And they they hit the ground running. Steve says, let's go get this son of a bitch. Because the only thing they can think of is to get the freaking Infinity Gauntlet away from him and reverse what he did. But when they get there, much to their dismay, he doesn't have the stones. He's still got the gauntlet on. I don't think he can take it off. And you even see Thanos, he, he looks even worse now. You see, every time you snap and you use all the stones at once, it projects so much energy that it basically burns you. You see it at the end of Infinity War. His arm is, is completely messed up because of the snap but he was still okay when we see him at the beginning of Endgame he is like half of his body is just completely burnt to a crisp and he it's a wonder he can even stand and he says it almost killed me because he used the stones again but this time he used them to destroy themselves so the heroes are screwed they came all that way to find him, to reverse what he did, and and there's, they're gone. The stones are gone. So there's nothing to do but to go back home and regroup. And for five years, that's what our heroes have been doing. They've been trying to, uh, they've been trying to figure it out, trying to move on, trying to get you know back to life as they know it. But the thing is, they can't, because every one of them has been affected in some way. Oh, there's a few of them that try to, you know, maintain their position. Captain Marvel continues to look out for uh, other worlds in the galaxy because, you know, Earth isn't the only planet affected. It was every world. And everyone's dealing with something. So she's the only one that can cover that much ground. Or space, in this case. And Okoye's looking after Wakanda the best she can. Clint Barton, ah, our Hawkeye, and I knew this would happen. So many people were like, wow, Hawkeye, what a journey he had. Yeah, now you're a fan of him. Because Hawkeye is so devastated, he just basically goes full Ronin. And I mean that as a samurai Ronin, because he literally picks up a sword, and he is just killing folks. He's killing bad villains that are still on Earth because he doesn't feel it's fair that they survived the snap when his family didn't. That's how we open the movie. Hawkeye with his family having a good time. And in the blink of an eye, they're gone. And he doesn't know why. I can't imagine the state you would be in 
when you just turn your head and your family is just wiped from existence. What does that do to a guy? What does that do to anyone? Well, for Clint Barton, it sent him on a uh, a war path against basically the world. So, of course, Natasha, old Black Widow, his his uh, his BFF spy friend, they you know she's got to go get him. She's got to go get him because they need all hands on deck. Because who should grace our presence but Ant Man? And Ant Man, he 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 he's made it out of the quantum realm after getting stuck in there at the end of Ant Man and the Wasp. Now he's back, but he's confused because he is <laughs> he he's arrived five years later, and everything's changed. People are gone. He doesn't know why. But he does find his daughter, who is five years older, and it's it's he has this great moment where he sees her, and he's he just he can't believe it because, you know, as he says, "You're so big," but it's heartbreaking. He, you see it in his face that he just lost the last five years of watching her grow up, and she's had to grow up. It seems like alone. I mean, that's, that's, oh, it's brutal. And yeah, it breaks his heart and, you know, he doesn't know what to do. So he does the only thing he can do. He's got to go find whoever's left of the Avengers and maybe try and figure this out. And thus we're going to use the Pym particles and the quantum realm to help figure out time travel. But they can't do it without Tony. Tony's already, you know, he, he just... He stormed off. Once he made it home, he's like, I'm done. I'm done with all of this. He's got a little daughter now. Him and Pepper, they got a, they got like this lake house. He has a daughter and this this is Tony's second chance to be a better person. And of course, here come the Avengers going, look, we need your help figuring this time travel thing out so that we can bring people back. And understandably, Tony's like, no, that... It, it, it can't work. Time travel doesn't work. Quantum physics doesn't work the way you think it's going to work. Because the worst case scenario is we all, we, we mess up the timeline so bad that none of us exist. And I have a family now. I'm not taking that risk. We, I got lucky that I survived this much. Remember, Infinity War, Tony looked like a goner. But he survived. Thanos stabbed him through the the torso and it looked like that's it for Tony. I know I put all my bets that Tony was going to die in that movie, but he didn't. And not only that, he survived the snap, but he had to watch he had to watch, you know, his 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 comrades go. He had to watch Peter Parker vanish into it from his arms. His uh I guess his surrogate son, you could you could kind of say. His protege, his would-be protege, and that that hurt him. When he arrives back on Earth, that's the first thing he he tells Steve Rogers. He says, "I lost the kid." He didn't mention the Guardians. It's like, oh my God, we we like everyone's gone. He didn't say any of that. He just said, "I lost the kid." And Cap gets it because you know, and Cap's got to say, "Look, Tony, we lost everybody." Like. We all lost. But that one affects him, losing Peter Parker. It's just, you know, and it's, oh, God, it's such an emotional moment. And so now he's got a kid of his own. He has a family. He doesn't want to lose that. It's, you know, you can understand his position. But Tony being Tony... You know he's he's gonna he's gonna play around with the uh, uh, with the theories. He's gonna do his little uh, you know his 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 three dimensional uh, model scale. He's gonna he's gonna tinker around and see if he can even do an experiment to see just to see if a possible uh, equation might work for time travel. You know just to see. And Tony, being the genius he is, without even meaning to, he figures it out. <laughs> he figures out time travel. He figures out how to make it work. And 
And in good time, too, because, uh, you know, the other guys, they're trying to make it work, and it's not exactly going the way, Not it, it doesn't go well. So Tony's figured it out. We've got all hands on deck. We've got smart Bruce. Uh, we got a smart Hulk. Banner figured out the solution. He's he just combines the brains of Banner and the bronze with Hulk, make it all one body. So now he's Bruce Banner with a Hulk body, and it's <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty spectacular. And if you're a fan of Smart Hulk from the comics, then then that moment puts a smile on your face. It certainly did for me. But I gotta say, the guy who has an incredible arc in this movie, well, he's had an incredible arc in the last few, is Thor. Because Thor is just, he, he's become schlubby, and he's, he's, uh, he's, he's a constant drunk. He's living off the coast of Norway in a place called New Asgard, the uh, Asgardians that are left. have basically turned it into like a little fishing colony. And Thor just stays inside his little house with uh, Korg and Meek and just gets drunk all day. And he's fat and it's funny, but at the same time it's not because he's so distraught. Talking about mental health, he's so distraught that that he couldn't do it, that he that he could not save everyone. At the end of Infinity War, it looks like Thor with his new axe Stormbreaker and it it looks like he beat Thanos. You know, he sends the axe right into Thanos' chest so that he can't snap, but Thanos says you should have gone for the head. And he snaps anyway. And then the next time they see each other the, the stones are gone. So Thor literally has blamed himself for messing up this whole time. And this is how he's dealt with it just by drowning himself in booze but he can't drown himself because he's a god so it's just he's just on a constant bender and he does he is the comic relief of the film it's true uh you know (laughs) he's wearing like a robe and like this dirty sweater sunglasses and tony calls him lebowski at one point that's hilarious because it's true but at the same time you know thor is hurting He's hor- he is hurting bad. And when we get into the time travel stuff, we we have to we have to go back in time to find the stones at certain places because since they were destroyed in the present, we have to go to the past to when they're not destroyed and we have to gather them so that we can make us a, f- a freaking gauntlet of our own and snap and and undo undo everything Thanos did. So we got to go back to 2012 during the uh, the invasion of New York from the first Avengers movie. We got to go back to 2013 in Asgard when uh, 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 in the, Thor: The Dark World when the Ether is on Asgard. And Thor, our Thor, has this great moment with past uh, Frigga, his mother. It's the first time we've seen her since the the the, the, the Dark World because she dies in that movie. And it's a great moment. Because he just breaks down when he sees her. It's like... And he wants to tell her, like, look, this is the day you die. But, you know, I just... He can't tell her that. Because she said, no, no, no. Don't tell me about my future. You're here to fix yours. Whatever happens, happens. And as a sudden reassurance, Thor even says, wait, I gotta check something. And he holds out his hand... And that Mjolnir from that timeline comes to him. And he's so ecstatic. He's like, oh my God, I'm still worthy. Because even though you feel down, that's such a great moment. Even though you feel like a failure, even when the world is stacked against you and there, you feel that you're worthless, you're not. You're not worthless. You're still worthy. Worthy of being a hero, a person, who, whatever you wish. You are worthy. 
And that was the that was the point of that moment of Mjolnir coming back to Thor. He's still worthy. He's still God of Thunder. He just he just has to bring it back out of him. But we did lose Natasha. She goes to Vormir and they have to get the Soul Stone. And of course, the only way to do that is you have to exchange a soul for a soul. And Hawkeye wants to do it. He said, no, 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 I've, I've become a monster. It should be me. But Na- Natasha knows that, no, because if this works, your family comes back. You have to go back to your family. That's how you become better. So it has to be me. And they fight one another because neither one of them want the other to die. But Natasha forces his hand, and really she does it herself, you know, but... Oh, God. It's a heartbreaking moment, because not only has Hawkeye lost his family, his his best friend in the entire world sacrificed herself so that he could live, and he has to watch her die. It's devastating. If he wasn't broken enough that moment he just when he when he comes back to to the our timeline and he's got the stone he just he just doesn't have the words and there's a lot to get through you know I, it's just i, I want to keep this uh you know short and sweet even though i've i've already failed at doing that but we get the stones hulk has an exchange with the ancient one who doesn't want to give him the time stone because, you know, that's her job to protect it. But he said, well, then, you know, why did Stephen Strange give it away then? And she goes, oh, wait a minute, he did? Well, then there must have been a reason for that. Oh, okay, because Doctor Strange is supposed to be the best of the Sorcerer Supreme. So if he gave that stone away, it must have been for a specific purpose. And remember, in Infinity War... Steven saw 14 million different scenarios of the battle. And Tony asked him, well, how many of those do we win? And he said, just one. So we can only assume that Endgame is the one scenario. He even tells Tony right before he disappears, like, Tony, there was no other way. This was the only way. And he specifically told Thanos, spare Tony's life and I'll give you the stone. And I always thought that was interesting. It's like, why? After he had already given the speech to Tony of, if it, be, if it comes down to you or the kid or the stone, I won't hesitate to let you guys die because I can't. I have to defend this. I have to protect the stone. The, the universe depends on it. And then right before Tony dies, he gives it to Thanos. It's like, no, 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 spare him and you can have it. Because we're in the end game now. Smart man, smart man. He knew, he, he saw it. And so, uh, they try to get the Tesseract from, uh, from 2012 and that doesn't go well, but they get the Mind Stone, the Scepter, you know. Uh, so then, uh, they have to, it's like, okay, well, that didn't work, so now we have to figure out a time to get not only the Tesseract, but then we have to get more pin particles, because we only have enough for one more trip. And Tony gets it, he's like, oh, wait a minute, Hank Pym and the Tesseract were at a, were at an army base in 1970. We gotta travel to 1970, so off him and Steve Rogers go. We get to see a uh, really young Hank Pym. We get to see Tony interact uh, uh, <laughs> accidentally with his father, Howard. And that moment is superb. Just the two of them going back and forth, talking about being new fathers. How frightening it is. How how ill-equipped they both feel at it. And, that, uh, you know, and then Tony actually gets to have a moment where he... He gets to learn more about his father in in just that short conversation than he ever had in all of his years of uh, growing up, and it's sweet, man. And even and Cap, you know, this is 
the base they go to is the headquarters, the original headquarters of S.H.I.E.L.D., so who does he see on his way to getting uh, the pimp articles? He sees Peggy Carter, the love of his life, because she's the director at that time. And it just, his face just, you can see it. He, he's so happy to see her, but also heartbroken because, you know, he never got a, he got to see her again when she was an old lady, but she had dementia. He couldn't really converse with her, you know, as, as like he used to. And then in Civil War, she passes away. And that just, that, that breaks his heart naturally. So when he sees the Peggy Carter that he remembers, it's just, wow. Superb acting, man. But they do it. They get more particles. They get the Tesseract. Uh, uh, they got all the stones now. Rocket and Thor get the ether from uh, from Asgard. Now it's time. But, you know, of course, now they're down an Avenger because Natasha's gone. And they can't get her back. They can't undo it. But also... Rhodey and Nebula travel to get the Power Stone. And while they're doing that, it's it's during the events of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. And here's where it gets tricky because, you know, <laughs> Nebula shares a conscious uh, consciousness with her past self. And since she's mostly machine, uh, uh, her... Uh, her, I guess her brain, her... her uh, her uh, her neural uh, modulator, whatever she's got, the the streams keep getting crossed between past Nebula and future Nebula. So now past Thanos is able to know everything going on, and he sees it. He gets to look into uh, past Nebula's brain and look at the stream of consciousness uh, from the future one. It's it's really complicated. It's weird. I'm I'm describing it <laughs> very bit terribly. But I love it because now the plan has gone completely awry since past Thanos. And this is also a Thanos that is uh, uh, more, uh, he's not war weary. This is like Thanos in his prime. So he is like super strong. He's super determined. And now he knows that in the future he succeeds in his original mission. But now he sees that the ones that survived are going to undo it. And he can't have that. So through some scheming and manipulation with past Nebula, who's doing, who's only acting in the best interest for Thanos because she wants to make him proud, she sabotages the mission and she brings... Thanos from the past and his army forward to our present day. So now it's just, oh boy. And that, at the same time that happens, the only one strong enough to withstand the power of the new gauntlet is Banner. But even he doesn't get away unscathed. I mean, that, that he, he, but he's able to do it. He puts on the, the new gauntlet snaps his fingers tries to undo everything that happened bring back bring back everyone that was snapped away and it works it works but ah but Thanos is here a strong more determined more angry more vicious Thanos and he's decided, you know what? I get it. I get what you're trying to do here. But the problem is, my work can't be undone because I am inevitable. You've shown me that I can't just simply erase half of population of the population of the universe because there's going to be those still around who remember what was. And they're not going to be able to move on. So now what I'm going to do is erase all of you. 
I'm gonna erase the I'm gonna erase the universe and then regrow it in my image. New life, new resources. Basically, just I'm going to unmake everything that has ever been made. That's a terrifying thought. And for a moment, it looks like uh, he, he just might do it. He's fighting Cap, and he breaks Cap's shield in half, and it's just, you know, Cap's still got half of it. He's still holding on. He's still fighting. He still, he gets knocked down every chance, every time. Every time he gets back up to fight, he just gets knocked right back down. And he even, I've never screamed so loud in a movie theater. As when it is revealed that Steve is worthy to wield Mjolnir. And he uses it, man. And he's given Thanos, like, such a good fight. I mean, I when that, when Mjolnir, when Cap catches Mjolnir while fighting Thanos it, that is one of the craziest most comic booky nerd boner moments I've ever I have ever had in the cinema it is, it is just so so choice but it's still not enough he gives Thanos a good uh, a good fight for a second but it's, all it does is piss Thanos off, and so much so that he goes, you know what? All my years of conquest and all the slaughters and stuff, none of it was personal. It was all to service the mission of, uh, you know, of... of it, it was all to service my mission of getting the stones, erasing half the population so that, you know, people could thrive, so that the resources that we have wouldn't be finite. None of it was personal. I always wanted to do it, you know, at random. But he says to Steve, but I'll tell you, man, what I'm going to do to your planet, your stubborn little annoying planet, I'm going to enjoy it very much. It just, oh, he just, and he says it in the most, (laughs) most villainous way possible. It's, oh, it's great. And his army is there, and Steve, he's like the hes the last man standing at that moment, and it's just, it's Steve against the army. Just like the Infinity Gauntlet story the com- of the comic book, as long as one man stands against you, Thanos, you will never win. That's Captain America. That's why he's worthy. But guess what? He's not alone. Because all the people that were snapped, I said they, they'd come back, and they're back. All these portals start opening up, and you you, rec- you know that's the, the Doctor Strange, the Mystic Arts portals. Everyone's back. Not only that, the Asgardian army is back. All the Wakandan army. The Ravagers from up in space. The, you know, the, uh, the allies to the Guardians, or kind of allies. They're all there. And they're all fighting. Every single one of them gets a moment, and it's it is so great. And at one point, the battle it, the battle looks like it might be lost for a second, but then, from out of the atmosphere comes Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel herself, and she comes in to just wreck shop. And there's a great moment where Thanos does manage to get the gauntlet, the new gauntlet, put it on. Right before he can snap, Carol catches it, catches his hand, and they're they're like wrestling a bit. He headbutts her, and she just doesn't flinch because she's super strong, <laughs> and she almost does it. She almost takes that glove off, but Thanos has to snag the power stone and then use it against her just to uh, knock her away. That's how strong Carol is. But in the end, it was always going to be Iron Man who grabs a hold of the gauntlet, but he doesn't try to pull it off. It just looks like he's holding it. So Thanos can swat him away pretty easily. And here's the thing. That gauntlet, that new gauntlet, was made from Stark's nanotech. Stark's suit is nanotech. It's all connected. So when Stark grabs a hold of that gauntlet... He uses the nanotech to transfer the stones from the gauntlet to his suit. 
And now, Tony's got the stones. And his last line in the film is, I am Iron Man. And he snaps. And Thanos' army and Thanos himself, they're gone. They're dusted away just as our heroes was the, were the, the last movie. And unfortunately, that's the end of Tony. The power of the, the, the stones were too much for him. We've got this great funeral scene where all of our heroes are there paying respects. All the nerd tears are, fl- are flowing. At least for me it was. <laughs> and we get to see Cap who uh, he said, you know, he's got he's to put the stones back. So that uh, you know, no no branches of time or reality go askew. He's got to put the stones back where they got them. But Cap doesn't come back like he is supposed to. And we see an old man waiting on a bench just outside the compound. Sam Wilson goes to talk to him, and it's Steve. He's old man Steve. He said, I put the stones back and then I decided, you know what, maybe I should uh, get, maybe I should take it, Tony's advice and get myself a life. And we find out Cap went back to Peggy in the past. And they got to have a life together. Jesus, it's sad. I mean, it's, I, it's, it's great, but it's so, it is so emotional. I have never been so emotionally distraught from a movie in the best possible way than I did Avengers Endgame. So all in all, A+. A++, why not? This is exactly the movie I wanted. You can call it pandering. You can call it fan servicing. You're damn right it is. Because it's the culmination of 22 movies. That is an extraordinary feat. That's the word of the day, kids. Extraordinary. How do I feel about Avengers Endgame? It's extraordinary. And it gave us some little hints as to what we can expect maybe for the future. We know that we're getting some spinoff shows on the upcoming Disney Plus streaming app. We get to have a Falcon and Winter Soldier show. Well, now we know what that'll be about. Steve gave the shield to Falcon. So now Falcon's going to carry the mantle of Captain America. Because old man Steve can't do it. Loki got his hands on the Tesseract in 2012 and got away. So we know that his <laughs> his his show is going to be basically him just kind of uh, going through time and, and messing around. Doing Loki things. Hawkeye's getting a show. We still don't know the details of that, but the the idea is he's retiring and he's got to pass the mantle down to someone else. Maybe his daughter, maybe Kate Bishop, who is traditionally the second Hawkeye. And then uh, we're getting a uh, WandaVision show. My guess is... Wanda wants to bring Vision back, but the only way she can do that is to create a reality in which the two of them are are together. They haven't explored this in the movies, but her power base, she can create realities. She's super powerful. It's kind of damaging to her, uh, her psyche doing all that, but I mean, she can do it. And I'm, I'm going to assume that's what the show is going to be about. But who knows? And now we've got the potential of a, of a later story with Steve Rogers. What did he... When he put the stones back and stayed in the past, did he create a rift in reality? My guess is, yeah. <laughs> My guess is, yeah, he did. I wonder what that story looks like. And we already know we're getting a Spider-Man uh, movie uh, in a month or two. And we're going to explore the uh, the adventures of Peter in a uh, post-Tony Stark world. And, I mean, who's th- I'm willing to bet Peter might step up and take the reins as the new uh, leader for the Avengers. 
you might think, well, why wouldn't Captain Marvel or Black Panther take that? Well, like, well, because Black Panther's got a nation to run. He can he can join the Avengers for you know side missions, but you know he's got a he's got a na- he's a king of a nation. He's got he's busy, and Captain Marvel's got to you know go around the the galaxy and try and uh, help out, even where the Guardians can't. Oh, did I mention Gamora's back? But it's not the same Gamora. It's the past Gamora. The one who has no relationship with the uh, with the Guardians. So, I'm assuming Guardians 3 is going to be about them tracking her down and trying to make her realize that they are the family that she needs. And guess what? The Guardians aren't alone. It looks like Thor is joining in on the ride. He's left Valkyrie in charge of New Asgard on Earth. She's their new king or queen, I guess, in this sense. And he's off uh, with the Guardians. That is going to be fun to see. It's fun times in Marvel land. It's going to be fun times for the future. But this movie was just... uh, It pressed all the right nerd buttons. If you seriously go in and watch it and don't feel something, I don't know what to tell you. Because I thought it was stupendous. And I'm probably going to see it another couple of times in the theater when I, you know, just want to make some time. And that's another thing. This is a three-hour movie, but you don't even feel it. You're so in the moment. You're so in on what's going on. And the movie is paced so well. You don't feel that three hours. Those three hours come and go so quick. I assure you. But don't take my word for it. Go see the movie for yourself. If you have seen it, what did you think? Let me know. I want to hear it. I want to hear your thoughts on Avengers Endgame. Do you agree with my assessment? Are you excited for the future? Tell me what's on your mind. And remember, you can find me at Twitter at MarkTheBat and Instagram at MarkTheBat. Also at MarkTalkPodcast, both on Instagram. Share with your friends. Like and rate. Do all the things. Help me make this podcast uh, uh, more. I want to do more episodes. Uh, you know, I need the time to do it. Let's uh, let's help me do that. I'll talk about anything you want if you help me get get this uh, the word spread. Anything you want. But I will be talking about my nerdy stuff as well. So stay tuned for a next, the next episode. I will be talking about episode four of Game of Thrones season eight. A lot of controversy uh, with this one, mixed bag, kind of like last week's, which I don't get. And I've got even more things to say about this episode and why people are you know, having such a freaking fit. Ugh, jeez, no one's going to be happy about nothing. But anyway, stay tuned for that. Thank you for listening. Good talk.